Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Diagnosing a Killer, the Mental Breakdown. Mental Breakdown. Mental Breakdown. Mental Breakdown. It's been a while since we've done a minty breaky intro dancey or <laughs> intro songy. <laughs> songy and dancey. Uh, it's late. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Doing all right. Yes, yeah. we always ask that. Mm-hmm. We're it's excited. my favorite month. Yeah, January. January is the best month. It's Not really, month. but it's my half birthday month. Mm. This episode will actually come out a day after my half birthday. Yeah. So oh, but yeah, the fifteenth. <laughs> yep. Mm. Well. We're happy to be back with you guys, and I don't think I have any business except for just buy our merch and look at yeah. our new designs. We have some new designs that have come out, and they look really great. We're really excited about it. Check out diagnosingakiller.com, and we're at diagnosingakiller at every platform except mm-hmm. for X, which yeah. is at Killer Diagnosis. I didn't do that last week. <laughs> That's all right. Send us an email at diagnosingakiller at gmail.com. Yes. All right. Are you ready to get into this? I am. I'm excited. <sighs> okay, me too. This episode was actually a request Ooh. by the lovely ladies that host the podcast, Lady You're Scaring Us. Oh, hey, ladies. Hey, ladies. And we did take your request. So today, we are going to deep dive into borderline personality disorder. Oh, So yes. we've talked about different personality disorders on the mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. We've talked about them on cases. We've definitely talked about BPD before, but in passing, we haven't really done a deep, deep dive of it. Yeah. So I decided to bring that today. I'm excited. Content warning. This episode contains depictions of self-harm, self-sabotage, extreme reactions to particular scenarios, talk of suicide, and mention of murder of children. If this episode is not for you, we encourage you to find another one of our episodes. Remember, your mental health is super important to us, and we love you. We love you. Love you. Bye. So yeah, content warning's a little bit of a doozy, but it's just because specific cases get brought up that people had BPD, and we talk about just a little bit of that. Okay. Okay, so without further dudes, borderline personality disorder, or BPD, is a mental illness that severely impacts a person's ability to manage their emotions. This loss of emotional control could increase impulsivity, affect how a person feels about themselves, and negatively impact their relationships with others. The DSM-5 defines BPD as a pervasive pattern of instability of interpersonal relationships, self-image and affects, and marked impulsivity, beginning by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts, as indicated by five or more of the following. Hmm. Number one is frantic effort to avoid real or imagined abandonment. Number two, a pattern of unstable and intense interpersonal relationships characterized by alternating between extremes of idealization and devaluation. These words are very big. (laughs) I was going to say, good job. Thank you. Number three, identity disturbance, markedly and persistently unstable self-image or sense of self. Number four, impulsivity in at least two areas that are potentially self-damaging, such as spending, sex, substance abuse, reckless driving, or binge eating. Oh, wow. Number five, recurrent suicidal behavior, gestures, or threats, or self-mutilating behavior. Number six, effective instability due to a marked reactivity of mood, such as intense episodic dysphoria, irritability, or anxiety, usually lasting a few hours and only rarely more than a few days. Number seven, chronic feelings of emptiness. 
Number eight, inappropriate, intense anger or difficulty controlling anger, such as frequent displays of temper, constant anger, and recurrent physical fights. And number nine, transient stress-related paranoid ideation or severe dissociative symptoms. It sounds like Kristen Gilbert. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. to a T, you know? For sure. And we've done a lot of cases, like I said, that mm-hmm. this this has gotten brought up because there is a lot of cases where people do become serial killers and they have, or just killers in general, and yeah. they're diagnosed. That impulsion one is pretty interesting because mm-hmm. that's a wide range of other types of, I guess, like comorbidities. Yeah, you know? no, definitely. People with BPD may experience intense mood swings and feel uncertainty about how they see themselves. Their feelings for others can change quickly and swing from extreme closeness to extreme dislike. These changing feelings can lead to unstable relationships and emotional pain. People with BPD can also tend to view things in extremes, like all good or all bad, Mm. and their interests and values can change quickly, causing them to act impulsively or recklessly at times. People with BPD tend to be extremely sensitive, with small things affecting them largely, and having a difficult time calming themselves down after getting upset. That's really interesting. I feel like I've absolutely met at least one or two people that I feel have that kind of, I don't want to call it like a pendulum swing, but an an adverse reaction, yeah, something that sure. does not equate to the actual issue. I've seen it a lot too. And I will say that it's definitely a symptom of like drinking because I've seen it a lot like mm. at the bar per, per se or perhaps oh, or whatever. Yeah. Like people can flip on like the like, you know, switch of a flip or whatever, or flip of a switch. And I think that the alcohol obviously increases the chances of that happening. But and the impulsivity, is, like you said. And the impulsivity, for mm-hmm. sure. But this is also not to be confused with someone that's having, like, a panic attack. Like, someone that has a panic attack, has a hard time calming themselves down. Obviously, you're going to have a hard time getting out of that. It's yeah. someone that is maybe not explosively angry, but stays angry for a long time, even if it's not, like, really intense anger. It's beyond a reasonable measure. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Other signs and symptoms of BPD include getting panicky or angry when a friend is a few minutes late or cancels plans, mm. causing the person to feel abandoned. Having a quick temper and lashing out verbally at friends, parents, or family, especially when they think someone is not meeting their high demands for support, is also a symptom. Don't you find that ironic, though, that that this behavior is probably turning a lot of people off to wanting to be around you? Not that it's it's something that you're doing. This is a disorder. Yeah, for sure. But I don't think that people that have BPD can even recognize that that's what they're doing as a problem. Yeah. Not a problem, but something that's going to turn people off. Do you think that because of the disorder, the behavior itself is, is uh, you know, probably very confusing for someone that doesn't understand the disorder, but yeah. that's the pattern of abandonment that they're experiencing? Maybe. Like, they, they have these symptoms of BPD, they lash out at people, and then in turn they get abandoned, mm-hmm. but they don't recognize that it was their actions that caused that, is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, which is really hard because, again, like you said, it's a disorder. Like, people mm-hmm. are not doing this just to be, you know, difficult or to be, you know, to mm-hmm. lose friendships or relationships, but it's almost like they can't control that it's because mm-hmm. it's an impulsive thing right they yeah. can't control the explosive anger and the the lashing out verbally and stuff yeah. especially when someone like lets them down quote unquote right and that again like you said it's that that one of the criteria is the fear of abandonment or at, at any cost try to avoid that feeling yes so it's just kind of ironic that that's built in with the criteria of the disorder for sure now, moving forward with these are good signs and symptoms of BPD. So shifting their views rapidly, like I stated in the criterion, such as going from praising someone to being overly critical of that person. So praising someone at first and then you don't, maybe something happens that's really minuscule and then now you have a lot of things to say negatively about yeah. that person. You're a liar, you're a whatever, you're a thief. Yeah. 
uh, sabotaging themselves when they're about to reach a particular goal, like dropping out of college shortly before graduation. Mm. That's an extreme scale. Harming themselves on purpose, such as cutting or burning themselves, and creating crises such as an attempted suicide or threatening suicide to keep people from abandoning them. Oh, wow. I know. That's really extreme. Although most people that have BPD will not harm themselves to the point of fatality, almost one in ten individuals with BPD will ultimately die from suicide. Mm. The average population prevalence of BPD is 1.6%, but experts estimate that it could be much higher, as high as 5.9%. Mm. Out of the population that is diagnosed, about 75% are women. Eileen Warnos and Kristen Gilbert are examples of people, women diagnosed with BPD. But Jeffrey Dahmer was also reportedly diagnosed with BPD as well. Oh. And it's funny that you did all three of those people. I did. <laughs> for your cases. <laughs> I have a type. Yeah. <laughs> BPD can be caused by a couple of different reasons, but the two most likely are genetic and stress that occurred during childhood. Occurred, excuse me. Hmm. According to the DSM-5, quote, bear with me because this is a lot of big words, quote, there is considerable variability in the course of BPD. The most common pattern is one of chronic instability in early adulthood, which episodes of serious affecting and impulsive discontrol and high levels of use of health and mental health resources. The impairment from the disorder and the risk of suicide are greatest in the young adult years and gradually wane with advancing age. Although the tendency towards intense emotions, impulsivity, and intensity in relationships is often lifelong, individuals who engage in the therapeutic intervention often show improvement beginning sometime during the first year. During their 30s and 40s, the majority of individuals with this disorder attain greater ability in the relationships of vocational functioning. Follow-up studies of individuals identified through outpatient mental health clinics indicate that after about 10 years, as many as half of the individuals no longer have a pattern of behavior that meets full criterion for BPD, end quote. So that is interesting. So do you think that in their earlier years, certain behaviors are accepted because you're a young adult and yes. you're... You're, nobody's choosing to correct the behavior because they just think that, well, maybe it's hormones. Maybe it's, you know, the frontal lobe. Maybe yeah, it's, exactly. you know, these I things. I completely and, agree. Yeah. Huh. But then as, the older they get, the more they begin to understand, well, this is like unacceptable behavior like to anybody. Like you should have grown out of that by now, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. BPD is usually diagnosed in late adolescence or early adulthood, but occasionally people younger than 18 can be diagnosed. This is only possible if their symptoms are, symptoms are recurrent and last for over a year, which is kind of, like, sucks because, like, you have to be dealing with this for, like, over a year and all the time yeah. to be diagnosed before 18. Which, you know, I think a, quite a few of those personality disorders are probably like that oh, as well. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. BPD commonly occurs comorbidly with other mental disorders, such as PTSD. Unfortunately, this can make it difficult to diagnose because their symptoms can be linked to other disorders. Bipolar disorder, anxiety disorders, substance use disorder, and eating disorders are also common comorbidities. Mm. So I'd like to talk about some famous people who have been diagnosed with or suspected of having BPD. Okay. The first is Philip K. Dick. He is a science fiction writer whose themes revolve around a shifting sense of consciousness. Philip married five separate times, with most of his relationships ending tumultuously. He had actually had one of his wives admitted to a psychiatric facility... And he actually drove his car off the road with another girlfriend of his in the passenger seat. <gasps> Philip Wood stated about his mentality, quote, I experienced an invasion of my mind by a transcendently rational mind, as if I had been insane all my life and suddenly I had become sane, end quote. You're probably already aware that craft beers have exploded in popularity over the past decade. 
But what you might not know is that there are thousands of awesome craft beers being produced by these new microbreweries every day. With Craft Beer Club, each order will showcase two breweries from different regions in the U.S. and includes four beer styles with a brand new box with each shipment. You will also receive publications that detail the history about the featured breweries, tasting notes, pairing options, and maybe even a little trivia. Click on our link in the show notes and receive an exclusive offer today with Craft Beer Club. He, he gaslit himself. He did gaslight himself. That's that's absolutely incredible. I did not know that he drove a car off with yes. his, with a wife inside. Off the road with a girlfriend. But off, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pay attention. No, I'm just Sorry. Just off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> he drove his wife off a cliff. His so. girlfriend off the road. Yeah. It's different. <laughs> so number two, like I said earlier, is Jeffrey Dahmer. If you have not listened to the episode of JD, please go listen. It's a really in-depth episode. It's a Patreon only, so you'll have to join Tier 2 or 3 to listen to it, but Kowal did a great job. Thanks. Jeffrey had a terribly unconventional childhood, with his parents leaving him to care for himself at a young age, leaving him with an intense fear of abandonment. This, along with many other things he experienced and engaged in, paved the way for Jeffrey Dahmer to be diagnosed with BPD. That's all I have to say about that. Well, yeah, I mean, I he to listen. <laughs> started, you know, he would keep his victims in his apartment. He would keep body parts oh, yeah. in his apartment. Remember the shower he thing would... that I told you? Ugh. Yeah. That's awful. <laughs> that episode was gross. Yes. Um, or that tidbit in that episode, rather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah. And then eventually he would eat people. And... Well, don't give everything away. People have to listen to the episode. That's true. But it all came from that sense of abandonment. For sure. That way, this person would never would leave. Would never leave. He doesn't know how the digestive system works. It's fine. <laughs> He's also an alcoholic, so he pooped a lot. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> don't give it all away. Right. <laughs> <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> Please. Um, number three is H.P. Lovecraft. He was a science horror writer. He suffered a number of deaths in the family at a young age, with his father dying when he was little and his grandmother dying a few years later, sending him spiraling into a deep depression. Mm. His grandfather would also die suddenly following a business failure, and he would state that his life changed almost instantly of one of warmth and death to a poverty and loneliness. Oh, fuck. H.P. would begin writing but was unable to take criticism to the point of sometimes not publishing his works at all. His aunt would describe his mental state around this time as, quote, so hideous that he hid from everyone and did not like to walk upon the streets where people could gaze on him, end quote. That is so fucking sad. I know, it's very, very sad. Number four is Jodi Arias. Kowal did an awesome episode on this case as well. I told you I have a type. Yes, and a lot of the cases that you've done, yeah, just popped up in this episode. Jodi murdered her ex-boyfriend by the name of Travis Alexander, and she fit the bill pretty well for BPD. Jodi had a strange obsession with Travis and was not fully realistic about the status of their relationship. For more info on this, listen to the case, of course. I don't know if she was ever diagnosed. I think it was just suspected. I feel like You could probably tell me that. Yeah, she did, I think. Yeah. Number five. It is thought that Princess Diana could have met the criterion (gasps) for BPD. Really? She was just 19 years old when she met Prince Charles, and although their relationship seemed pretty perfect on the outside, it seems as though there was intense emotions coming from Diana. Even though there was never an official diagnosis that we know about, plenty of books about the princess suggest that she could have been suffering from BPD. That's interesting to me. I don't know if that explains the affair or if that does explain the affair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, maybe she was 
because I was just thinking like abandonment, you know, I, I don't know if it's necessarily having to do with one subject or multiple subjects, yeah, but for sure. you know, if there, if there's that want of needing to be loved and admired by others, then that might explain the affair. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's so long ago, honestly, and it's hard to tell because yeah. during, you know, back then it was like, what is even BPD? You know what? It probably wasn't yeah. really a thing. Number six. Number six. Seven. <laughs> Um, Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, I love Poe. <laughs> this one might not be as closely accurate to the symptoms of BPD, but it has been suspected that Edgar suffered from the disorder. When he engaged in risky behaviors after experiencing bad relationship with his foster father, he has also been thought to have recurring depression and even signs of potential bipolar disorder. But again, <laughs> like, never diagnosed. Also, Edgar Allan Poe. So. He just has everything. <laughs> Depressy, messy is like his thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Number seven, Ernest Hemingway. Lots of writers. Yes. Similarly to Edgar Allan Poe, Ernest Hemingway has been suspected of meeting the criterion for BPD, but also had many signs of severe depression, anxiety, and alcohol abuse. Lots well, of writers, lots of killers. That's yeah, very for sure. <laughs> well, they t- they put it into their writing. Yeah, right. While he had these symptoms, it is thought that he might have had BPD due to the fact that he engaged in often risky behavior. Although this was never diagnosed, it's not simple to rule out, especially considering the way mental health care was looked at back then. And Hemingway would also commit suicide in 1961, same year that Princess Diana was born. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Number eight, Van Gogh. Another artist. Yes. Like the people previously talked about on this list, Van Gogh engaged in very risky behavior. This is an understatement, as we know that he cut off his own ear after a supposed argument. (laughs) Sorry, that's not funny. That's not funny. That's not funny. (laughs) Gogh experienced bouts of depression, mood swings, and extreme impulsive acts. He would ultimately experience psychotic thoughts and behaviors that led him to staying in an asylum for a number of months. Mm. Van Gogh would fall into a deep depression that led him to shooting himself. Unfortunately, he would not die instantaneously and would live for a few days following this incident. He was noted as stating about this, quote, I shot myself. I only hope I haven't botched it, end quote. He, like, shot himself in the abdomen or something, right? Like, it's, Yeah, like, I think his chest area. That's, like... It's also kind of a conspiracy theory. Like, people don't think that he committed suicide. Oh, really? Almost like like a Kirkwain kind of situation. Oh, like somebody did it to him? Well, I don't know. It's a conspiracy. I just know that. A lot of people don't believe it. It was Courtney Love then, too. A lot of people people don't know that Elvis is ancient. (laughs) Number nine is Susan Smith. Quell did a great episode of this case as well. like everyone. I know. Susan had two suicide attempts that we know about and was desperate to find a wealthy man whom she could be in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when she found a man whom she liked, it became clear that Susan to Susan that he did not like children. This is what investigators believe led her to murdering her two sons. Susan was diagnosed with BPD. Mm-hmm. Number 10. Number 10. This is actually the last one on this okay. list. Eileen Warnos, like I said earlier, and again, Coel did an episode on this case. <laughs> Just have all of them. <laughs> Thanks for promoting me so yeah, much. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Like many others on this list, Eileen engaged in extremely risky behavior as she was a sex worker, and she used her work to lure men to where she wanted to in order to murder them. Mm -hmm. Eileen had a horrible childhood, leading her to go down the path that she did, but she absolutely fits the bill for BPD as well. For sure. A lot of uh, abandonment at an early age for her, too. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. Definitely. So there are a number of ways to treat BPD, and the different types of treatment depend on how severe a person's symptoms are. Psychotherapy, or better known as talk therapy, is the most common form of treatment for BPD, and there are many different types of psychotherapy that can be beneficial. The goals of psychotherapy are to focus on one's current ability to function, 
learn to manage emotions that are uncomfortable, reduce one's impulsiveness by helping them observe feelings rather than acting on them, Mm. work on improving relationships, and learn about BPD in general. Mm. So I'm going to go through the different types of BPD psychotherapy and treatment options. Okay. So the first one is called mentalization-based therapy, or MBT. This is a type of talk therapy that helps someone identify their own thoughts and feelings at any given moment. This also helps create an alternative perspective on the situation at hand. This type of therapy essentially emphasizes thinking before reacting. Mm. The second one is called schema-focused therapy. This can be done individually or in a group setting, and its goal is to help someone identify unmet needs that led them to negative life patterns. That's interesting. I like that. Yeah. These patterns were perhaps beneficial to someone in the past, but now that they have gotten through that hard time, it is no longer necessary. And I know that we've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. And in fact, now that they've gotten through that, it can be harmful to them. This type of therapy focuses on helping someone get their needs met in order to promote positive life patterns. Number three. Number three. It is called dialectical behavior therapy, or DBT. This type of therapy can also be done in an individual or group setting, and this is a therapy specifically designed to treat BPD. Hmm. DBT uses a skills-based approach to teach someone how to manage their emotions, tolerate distress, and improve their relationships. Number four is called transference-focused psychotherapy, or TFF. TPF. Excuse me, TFP. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) I was like, I just said it. This is also referred to as a psychodynamic psychotherapy. TFP's goal is to help one understand their emotions and interpersonal difficulties through the developing relationships between the client and the therapist. The insights learned in this type of therapy are then encouraged to be utilized in outside settings. Mm. Number five is good psychiatric management. This type of treatment, not psychotherapy, but it's just a treatment, relies on case management and anchors treatment and an expectation of work or participation from the client. It also focuses on emotionally difficult moments by considering the interpersonal context for feelings. This type of treatment may also integrate medications, groups, family, education, and individual therapy as well. Mm. So you can do these, like, both at the same time. Yeah. And the last one is called Systems Training for Emotional Predictability and Problem Solving, or STEPS with two Ps. Oh, nice. STEPS is a 20-week treatment that involves working in groups that incorporate a client's family members, caregivers, friends, or significant others into the treatment, And this would also be combined with a type of psychotherapy that would also benefit the client. Yeah, it sounds like a little bit of, like, rehab, but, like, Al-Anon, too, with the family Mm -hmm. friends coming in. And it kind of sounds like a a restart. Yeah. A reboost. A reboot. Steps. Although there are no medications that are approved by the FDA to treat BPD, someone can be prescribed medications that can help improve the symptoms that are usually comorbid with BPD, such as anxiety, depression, impulsiveness, or aggression and irritability. Mm. So, how do you know if you're experiencing symptoms of BPD or just a number of other things that can mimic the disorder? I love this. You can ask yourself the following questions to determine your potential for this disorder. Of course, you should always see a doctor for any medical information. Do you want to answer? Yeah. Okay. Although we're not licensed to diagnose. Of course not. (laughs) But I don't think you identify with this disorder. Oh, okay. Did you find this in Cosmo? I'm kidding. No. (laughs) Okay. Do you identify with the following statements? Number one, I often feel empty. No. Number two, my emotions shift very quickly, and I often experience extreme sadness, anger, and anxiety. No. Number three, I'm constantly afraid that the people I care about will abandon me or leave me. Oh, gosh, that's too real. Can I, a little bit of yes and a little bit okay. of no? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Number four, I would describe most of my romantic relationships as intense but unstable. No. Number five, the way I feel about the people in my life can dramatically change from one moment to the next, and I don't always understand why. No. 
Number six, I often do things that I know are dangerous or unhealthy, such as driving recklessly, having unsafe unsafe sex, binge drinking, or going on spending sprees. I mean, I smoke and I drink, but that's it. Yeah, but not <laughs> binging. Yeah. I have, I have once or twice recklessly driven. Really? Yes. Same. <laughs> I don't know how that was that funny, but okay. <laughs> it, was funny. it was just your face. You're like, same. Oh. <laughs> like, totes like, didn't ever, but also I did. <laughs> I just, I just drive fast. I really don't drive recklessly. I just, mm. I just drive fast. I guess fast is reckless. <laughs> and then one more, when I'm feeling insecure in a relationship, I tend to lash out or make impulsive gestures to keep the other person close. Um, probably not an attempt to... Uh, no no yeah okay well there's many more than just that those mm-hmm. are just a couple of examples i wanted to bring in but i feel I, like like i said there's a little bit of there's a little bit of everything a little bit of truth yeah for sure but again we talk about the fact that everybody has a brain everybody's capable of these yeah, emotions of and feelings right like who wants to i mean some people want to be alone you know and that's yeah. fine like there's nothing wrong with that but me personally do i want to be alone no i enjoy being in a relationship yeah but am sure. i gonna do everything in my power to keep that relationship no no exactly if you do identify with several of the previous statements, you may meet criterion to be diagnosed with BPD. Again, always seek a professional opinion if needed because we are not licensed professionals. If someone you know is showing signs or symptoms of BPD, it may be difficult to start a conversation about it. However, that conversation is extremely important. There are some suggested ways to talk to someone with BPD or suspected BPD. Take the time to learn about the illness to understand what your friend or relative is experiencing. Offer emotional support, understanding, patience, and encouragement. Change can be difficult and scary to people with BPD, but things can improve over time. Encourage your loved one to seek help and seek counseling for yourself if necessary. If you or someone you know is experiencing a crisis, you can call 988 247 to speak with someone. And of course, if it's an emergency, always dial 911. Yes. But that's my mental breakdown. That's a great topic. I Thanks. thank you, lady, for suggesting that. Yeah, because, absolutely. Like you'd said, we had mentioned many times this disorder, but we never really did a full on deep dive. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think it was good going in, you know, to the new year with a suggested case because I think that, I mean, at least I'm, I'm sure you are as well and you have them on your list, but I'm definitely going to start tackling more requested cases because I know that our listeners are the reason why we're here. And so mm-hmm. I definitely want to be honoring the, the requested cases that they're doing, even if it's a mental breakdown or a regular case. For sure. So, yeah, yeah. But that's all I got today. Thanks for bringing the topic. Yeah, you guys continue to reach out to us and let us know what you want us to break down next. Mm-hmm. There's only so many diagnoses that we can cover, honestly, unless we do like the all obscure ones from the DSM yeah. that are real, not a lot of information on them. Mm-hmm. But anything, experiment, event, something that you just think is cool, like psychological like, phenomena. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Seriously, let us know. This is our loophole to talk about other things than just your crime where the killer is. You know who the killer is and you know who did it. <laughs> yeah. So thank you guys for joining us and we will see you on Thursday. Yeah, see you on Thursday. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Okay. Okay. You don't need real ink to make an impact. Let the power of temporary tattoos tell your story. Temporary Tattoos specializes in a wide range of temporary body art, including custom tattoos, with the option to add unique effects like metallic, glitter, glow-in-the-dark, and so much more. Temporary tattoos are easy to apply and last up to five days. When you're ready for your new look, simply remove your fake tattoo using their lemon-scented removing wipes. Rinse and repeat. Temporary tattoos. Experiment with a new look without the commitment. Use the link in the show notes below to enjoy your exclusive offer and bring your new look to life.